This episode is brought to you by my free five-day Book More Birthdays Challenge. If you are a business owner that books children's parties or events, whether you are a physical location or a mobile business, I want to help you create a rock-solid plan to book out your birthday calendar for the rest of 2022 through 2023 in just five days beginning soon. So head to the show notes or episode description to join us now. First, we're going to audit our current strategies, crunch all the numbers, figure out how we could be better attracting our most ideal clients. You know, those ones who not only gladly pay your full prices, but who you also love working with, and then create a plan to execute the strategy to book out our calendars and empower and excite our teams to be an integral part of the process. Join me for five days of value-packed info inside a closed participant-only Facebook group, all starting soon. Head to the show notes and join us now. If you're in the play and party business and you want to operate with more ease and joy, all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for Small But Mighty Tips Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. All right, Playmakers, this is episode four out of five, where we are talking about implementing the teachings in the book Clockwork by Mike Michalowicz. Again, way back in episode 18, I shared my five favorite business books specifically for Play Cafe owners, and I have to say this is absolutely my favorite. So if you want to design your business to run itself and be able to take vacations and travel and be present with your family and in other areas of your life, this is the book for you. And as I said, in these episodes, we are implementing the step-by-step blueprint that Mike gives us in the book, and I'm kind of translating it into the play cafe industry and sharing my real-life examples. So if you haven't listened to the first three episodes in this series yet, go back and listen. And if you haven't grabbed the book yet, I have it linked in the show notes on Amazon. It's also on Audible. And as I mentioned in the previous episode, it's actually a really quick read. And it's one of my absolute favorite business books. So definitely, definitely grab it. And I actually got an email from somebody named Samantha last night. So shout out Samantha, if you're listening. And she was saying, no, you know, I want to read the book Clockwork, but it just doesn't feel like it can translate into a play cafe. And I would absolutely beg to differ. I actually think it's harder to translate the things that you learn in Clockwork into an online business. But for a local service-based business with employees, with in-person employees, it is actually perfectly aligned. And there is absolutely no way that I could have sold my business for a profit that I could have really, quote unquote, cracked the code to play cafe or indoor playground success had it not been for implementing this book and one of his other books called Profit First. So this is absolutely one of my secrets to success, and it absolutely completely applies to the indoor playground industry. All right. So if you're catching up, we are now reading chapters four, five, and six, and then we are going to wrap up again, our book discussion in the following episode. And in this episode, we're going to kind of elaborate what we talk, elaborate on 
what we talked about in episode 116, where we talked about the QBR or queen bee role. And in the last episode, I shared that in our indoor playground, our QBR or queen bee role, that one thing that our business absolutely hinged on was serving adult guests at parties because that's what kept us getting repeat bookings. That's what kept our birthday calendar booked out because we served very young children. Over 85% of the birthday parties that we did were first or second birthdays. So these were not kids that were running up to their parents saying, hey, I really want to have my birthday party at such and such play cafe. It was the parents that were making that decision. And that decision really hinged on the experience that they had at other birthday parties or the photos that they were seeing online or the reviews that they were reading online. So our QBR was serving adult guests at parties. And I talked about how we implemented that. So a really sophisticated cafe menu, comfortable adult seating, all that good stuff. But in this episode, like I said, I want to elaborate on that a little bit because once you define your QBR in your business, again, it's going to be completely dependent on your revenue streams, your business setup, who your ideal customer is. But once you define your QBR, you have to put systems in place to quote unquote, protect and serve that QBR. And I'm going to give you some examples, but first I want to read just a quick little excerpt from the book, because I think this is a perfect example of how people can forget to protect and serve that QBR and how it can kind of go awry. And then I'm going to share my personal experience. All right, so I'm going to read from uh, step three in Clockwork. The founder of Vitality Med Spa, Monique Hicks, empowered her team to protect and serve the QBR in many ways, including one unique trick. I first met Monique in the fall of 2017 and was blown away by what she had accomplished. She had grown Vitality Med Spa to 3 million plus operations while raising a daughter as a single parent. She recounted how for the first three years of business, she exclusively served the role of the QBR. And again, uh, in the book, he kind of goes over exactly how they determine the QBR. So I'm not going to read all of that, but essentially their QBR was creating new innovative procedures. So she was researching procedures and working hand in hand with clients to make everything perfect for them. She swooped in like a superhero when problems arose. She did everything to protect and serve the QBR by herself. Monique explained, then one day it became very clear the business was dependent exclusively on me. The energy and effort I brought to the business was what customers were getting out of it. I realized the business was only as strong as I was on any particular day. It was exhausting and not scalable. That's when I taught my team about how I was serving my QBR, which I had been calling my quote unquote zone of genius and how I needed them to protect and serve me in that role. The teaching part was easy. Monique had one-on-one -on -one meetings with each employee, explaining how to customize experience for customers, learn about their individual needs and specify the optimal procedures. She used a daily huddle to highlight how people were making both big and small improvements, and empowered employees to learn from one another. She had employees share best practices. 
Monique also showed respect for the employee's domain, and this part is really important. Even though in the past she swooped in to fix things, employees sometimes interpreted it as interference. With clarity on how to protect and serve the QBR, Monique stopped swooping in and employees felt more confident in the service they were providing. Morale increased. Things got better for the most part. And I'm going to stop reading there. And just spoiler alert, the quote unquote trick that Mike was referring to is the one thing that wasn't quite being implemented correctly was that employees were still too timid. They were afraid to share best practices. They were afraid to speak up. So Monique made a key hire and she hired a strong voiced individual who kind of acted as the liaison between employees and Monique, the owner, to really get that message across without having to feel intimidated. But what I really want to call attention to in this story is how Monique stopped micromanaging. Because when I sit down with indoor playground owners, they're usually feeling like their business is completely dependent on them. So if their child is sick, God forbid if a parent falls ill or they're needed in another area of their life, their business pretty much comes to a screeching halt. Or if it doesn't come to a screeching halt and there's still open play, there's still parties, all that good stuff, the service is not as high as when the owner is there and present and working and swooping in to put out fire after fire after fire. And for us, our QBR, like I said, was serving adult guests at parties. And being able to stop micromanaging was one of the hardest pills I ever had to swallow while I was kind of growing into the visionary role of my business. And as I was stopping, again, putting out all those fires, doing all the little tasks, swooping in to fix things. And once I realized that doing that was actually not helping my team morale. It was not helping them move the business forward. That's when everything really started to change and morale increased. And like Monique's story in the book, everything started falling into place. So in our business, again, our QBR was serving adult guests at parties. And I thought I was serving that by kind of showing up at the beginning of every party, helping set up, shaking hands with the customers and making sure that my team had everything they needed to make sure the party was a success. And then I would kind of leave and let my team do its thing. And I thought that by showing up and doing that, I was helping them. And actually, it was really encroaching on the employee's domain that Mike was talking about in Clockwork. And it took a few really hard and honest conversations with my employees to come to that realization. So what did I do to kind of shift away from that? Because again, I want a business that runs itself. I do not want to have to show up six or seven times per weekend, even if it's just for a few minutes, in order for my business to be successful and in order for that QBR to be served. So a couple systems that we put in place to allow me to stop doing this while still making sure the QBR was being protected and served. Number one, I changed the employee task load a little bit. So previously, what I would do is I would have party hosts come in at the end of the previous party, help clean up, and help set up for the next party. But again, after having these hard conversations, I realized that by having employees come in to 
an immediate mess and having them start their shifts with a cleanup, that was actually really preventing them from serving the QBR because by the time the next party came in, they were exhausted, they were frustrated, they just, you know, scraped cake up off the floor and all that stuff. So what I did instead was I made sure that the previous party hosts had enough time and were empowered enough to complete that cleanup process themselves. And one of the things that we had to change in order to make that happen was closing the play area 30 minutes prior to the party being over. And this actually might sound counterintuitive, but it also allowed us to protect and serve the QBR for that previous party. Because something that we noticed was that parents were having a really difficult time getting their kids to leave the party without a tantrum. However, once we started closing that play area 30 minutes before the party was over, it started again so that our employees could clean up in time and so that we didn't need four people to clean up after every single party. Again, it gave them that 30-minute buffer to clean the play area while the party was still going on. But we noticed that once we started closing the play area early, it was a lot easier for parents to transition their kids away from the play area and out the door. And we did this in a couple of different ways. So we always do cake last so that there's an incentive to kind of draw those kids away from the play area because who doesn't like cake or whatever party treat was being served. So the cake was a great kind of distraction to allow kids to easily transition away from the play area. And then if the kids kind of wanted to get back in the play area and if they were feeling frustrated and confused, again, because we were serving very young children, that's when we started handing out party favors and encouraging parents to, you know, get their kids out the door at a high point when they're, you know, enjoying cake, when they just grab their favor to kind of, again, distract them away from that play area. So we used cake or whatever party treat was being served and then the favors to make sure that there was, you know, no misunderstanding about the play area closing. And we also made sure to always put a timeline that was very prominently displayed. We used a chalkboard that we designed specific for each party, but we made sure that parents saw, okay, 30 minutes before the party's over, the play area is going to close so that there were no surprises. And so if they needed to, the parents could prepare the kids, give them a countdown or, you know, give them a heads up like, hey, you have 10 more minutes to play before we're going to transition over to cake. So by closing the play area 30 minutes early, it gave our employees enough time to clean. It made them feel a lot less rushed and it allowed them to really make sure that the adult guests had everything they needed. So by cleaning the play area a little bit earlier, it gave us more time to talk to anyone that had questions about parties. It allowed us to bring the gifts to the car, which everybody saw and took note of. So this really benefited us in a multitude of ways. And it allowed our new party hosts, the next team of party hosts, to come in more refreshed and really approach that next party from a place of rest and being excited because, again, our QBR was making sure that that next party had just as good of an experience as the prior party. And if it was the same team of party hosts that was serving the following party, again, by closing the play area a little bit earlier, it allowed them to really take their time cleaning the party, making sure that no stone was left unturned, 
making sure that the next party, when they walked in, everything was fresh and ready to go. So by closing the play area 30 minutes early, it really allowed us to protect and serve that QBR without having, without needing me to kind of come and swoop in and help set up the party and help clean up the party because I did not want to encroach on the employee's domain. So that is just one example of how we protected and served that QBR. Again, we are going through the same implementation steps in Playmaker Society. So if you want to take this ride along with us, if you want my personal help in implementing all of these steps into your business, the Play Cafe Academy and Playmaker Society links are also in the show notes. If you want all of the real life examples, not just from myself, but from the over 200 owners also in that group who are ready and eager to share their expertise and are so generous in doing so. And really quickly before I hopped off, I also just wanted to quickly answer a question that I've been getting pretty frequently about Playmaker Society because this podcast has definitely increased the interest that I've been getting in that program. Somebody asked if the main offering of Playmaker Society was the Facebook group. And the answer is absolutely not. A lot of people kind of look at Playmaker Society and think, well, you know, I've been going it by myself this long. I don't really need 200 other owners ready to jump in and share their expertise and what's working and what's not working. And that's absolutely fine if you are really more of a solopreneur, if that's how you do your best work, that's absolutely fine. But I just wanted to share that there is so much more to Playmaker Society. We have over 24 guest expert trainings about a multitude of things. So we have lawyers, we have accountants, we have bookkeepers, we have profit strategists, we have a food allergy specialist ready to help you make your facility food allergy safe to increase profits. We have photographers, Pinterest strategists, Instagram strategists. We have Facebook and Instagram ad trainings. And above and beyond that, I also have pretty much every template that you need to successfully run your business and implement the things that you're hearing on this podcast. So I talk a lot about email marketing on this podcast. I have dozens of email marketing templates that have been proven to work. Again, not just for me, but also for the members already in Playmaker Society. So I have email templates about how to book out your events, how to sell out your birthday parties, all that good stuff. All those time-saving templates are just waiting for you in Playmaker Society. I have employee manuals, termination letter templates. I have job posting templates, opening checklists, mid-shift templates, closing templates, literally every template that you need to run your business, independent contractor agreements, um, employee, uh, I'm, the word is escaping me right now, but the word that, or the letter that you give to employees when you hire them, every template that you need to successfully operate your play cafe and save dozens and dozens of hours every single week is also included inside of the membership. So if you have any questions whatsoever, my Instagram is linked in the show notes. I'd be happy to help you decide if Play Cafe Academy or Playmaker Society might be a good fit for you. Again, to help implement all of these profitable play tips you hear on this podcast. 
And if you find these tips I'm sharing here helpful, the best way you can show support for me or for the show is to leave a five-star rating and review wherever you are listening. All right. Have a great day, Playmakers. I will be right back here on Wednesday with the fifth and final installment of implementing clockwork in your business. So this is your chance to catch up, binge the last couple episodes, and binge the book, either the physical hard copy, which I'm holding right now, or the audible version. This is your chance to catch up before we conclude this series. All right. Have a great day, Playmakers. I'll see you on Wednesday.